1: Welcome to the first episode of the podcast, Ladies Talking Leafs. I'm Chris. And I'm Syl. And we are passionate Maple Leaf fans that just love talking about everything Toronto Maple Leafs.
2: So now we know that there are thousands upon thousands, maybe millions of female Maple Leaf fans throughout the world that just want to stay connected to what's going on with their team. And our podcast is here to serve you and deliver you that and so much more. So let's get to it. So first of all, we're going to start with a little bit of an introduction on... Exactly how we became such massive Leaf fans, the both of us.
1: Yeah, so, so Chris, me, what about you? So me, I got into it through my Uncle John. He used to go over there every Wednesday, Saturday night, watch hockey night in Canada. Back in the day, I'm sure some of our listeners remember that. Uh, it was Wednesday and Saturday nights where was hockey night. And yeah, he got me into the game, watching the game, talking everything maple leafs and um then from there, I got my first jersey was number 10, which there was no name on the back of the jersey back then. So it's been a while, obviously. Uh, but I believe that was John Anderson's number. That's what I remember. Um, Great then, hamburgers. Yes. At the time, he had a good hamburger joint. And uh, and then farther along, my first favorite player was Rick Vive, number 22. And then, of course, Wendell Clark, number 17.
2: And how about you, so So for me, um, I got into it as as something that I did with my dad. It was, we would sit down from a very young age um, watching the games on Hockey Night in Canada together. And it was kind of something that we shared and we, you know, would talk hockey together and often argue about hockey together. Uh, So it was something that um, I got to share specifically with my dad. As far as favorite players of mine, uh, when I was young, I really, really loved Mike Palmater. He was a fantastic, acrobatic, really athletic goalie that we had in the 70s. And uh, so I loved watching him. And later on, um, I became a massive Doug Gilmore fan. Yes, huge Doug Gilmore fan. And uh, so he's <laughs> definitely still one of one of my favorite players. I just love watching him. and. I didn't have a lot of jerseys growing up, but when I did finally buy one for the first time, uh, it's kind of like a guilty pleasure sort of jersey. I have a a number 11 Guy LaRose jersey, which people may not necessarily remember him. He was a little bit of a a journeyman type player, but I really, really did like him. And um, now... He
1: was a a skilled forward, so he was a... Absolutely, yeah. Speedy.
2: Um, Anyways. Yeah. So and I did and then now and then you now, have? now I have an Austin Matthews jersey. So yeah. Yeah, it's like, hard to buy jerseys these days. You don't know um yeah, it's like how long they're going to be with the team basically, right? But we
1: pretty much know Austin's going to be here yeah, quite some time. So sometime. I figured
2: it was a safe bet to go <laughs> with, yeah. with that one yeah. for now.
1: Okay, so yeah, that's a bit of an introduction about us. Um and now we're just going to do a brief overview of what this podcast, our first podcast, what we're going to talk about. Uh, We're going to get into the 2018-19 season end, how it ended. Um, And we're going to talk about the draft development camp, free agency, the cadre trade. Uh, Yeah, so let's get to it first with the 2018-19 season
2: end. So we ended up finishing third overall in the Atlantic and fifth in the conference. uh, Seventh league overall. Yeah. Uh, with 100 points so that is down a little bit from our previous season mm-hmm. um something to note that uh the montreal canadians the habs only finished four points behind us yeah. it's a little tight at 96 so that's a little bit scary yeah um yeah and really then, uh, we did kind of just drop off a little bit but for the most part it was a similar season to the previous yeah yeah, we kind of knew we were playing the Bruins
1: <laughs> in the yeah. playoffs, like early, later into the season uh, again, and so there it it ended. Up, that's basically what ended up happening. We ended up playing the Bruins, and of course, everyone knows we lost in Game Seven um, to the Bruins, and there was the whole issue with the cadre suspension. It was almost like a nightmare all over again um, from the previous year.
2: That's right, and
1: um, and then. We were ahead in this series, though, a couple of times, and we should have got it done in Game 6. Freddie played phenomenal that game, but we just didn't get it done. We didn't have the killer instinct. And, um, yeah, and ultimately we lost in Game 7. So so move on. We'll move on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to give a brief reminder as to how it ended. Uh, but we did have the pick in the second round with the 53rd selection. We chose Nick Robertson, who's a left winger. From uh, Peterborough Peets and Where he was the second leading scorer And uh, Robertson was born in California As part of a growing number of new players That are of, are of Asian American descent A couple of players actually That have already uh Playing in the NHL, one was is uh, Kyler Yamamoto, who played a bit uh, with the Oilers last season. And then there's Nick Suzuki, who uh, is with the Habs now. They have high hopes for him. They definitely need somebody at center there. They've been looking. Mark Bergevin has been looking there for quite some time. But he's a young guy, so they're hoping, though, that he'll make the team this year.
2: So interestingly, there's a little bit of a connection already between um, Nick Robertson and uh, Mike Babcock. Um, yeah, this is kind of fun, actually, <laughs> going back to when he was a kid. Yeah, so when he was little, his family did move from California to Michigan, and um, he discovered that he lived in the same neighborhood as Mike, Mike Babcock, who is the coach of the Detroit Red Wings at the time. So he decided that he wanted to find out uh, where he lived. So he, during Halloween one year, he dressed up as a hockey player wearing Pavel Datsuk's sweater, and he went around the neighborhood trying to find out which which house was Babcock's and of course he did end up knocking on his door and he remembers getting a few mini chocolate bars but he didn't really care that he didn't get like you know one of the yeah. large size chocolates he just wanted to meet him so yeah it's kind of cool that they sort of have that little bit of a connection from when he was a little boy and now he gets to play for him. So yeah, now he's not going to be looking for chocolates. He's going to be looking for shifts on that series.
1: Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of cool. And, uh, yeah, he definitely impressed the leaf brass at training camp. Apparently he was like, uh, using all of his energy up that they were telling him to slow down. So, <laughs> so that's good to hear
2: that he's, uh, that he's excited, uh, to be in his his first camp he's definitely hungry and I could tell from the interviews that he had during the draft that he gets what it means to play for an original six franchise and don that leaf jersey and he seems really excited to be part of the team so that's
1: good and uh, yeah then the other signing that we did back in May we signed uh, from the KHL Ilya Mikheyev he signed him to an entry-level contract he's a big left winger 24 years old Uh, He played in for the last couple of seasons in the uh, KHL he's good size six foot two and that's I think what Babs really attracted him uh, because he does have that size and he protects the puck well he's more of a defensive-minded center and he's uh apparently he's going to be maybe uh replacing zach hyman who had the torn acl so he's still re- rehabbing from that so at the start of the
2: season he may play up on the top line but we'll have to see about that well, hopefully yeah. he's going to be a little bit of um give us a little bit of help on the penalty kill maybe yeah. some power play time yeah.
1: he's more of a grinder type of player <laughs> uh, babs likes those players we all know that mm-hmm. and interesting point for him is that he is number 66 so, so whether or not he'll actually choose 66 in the nhl i don't know i said right but uh we'll see how we'll see how and it,
2: it remains to be seen whether he really um is gets the whole mary lemieux yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of um connection but yeah. uh but still He has some big shoes to fill if he's going to wear that number, for sure. Yeah, and who
1: else changed their number this year or close
2: to that? Well, Willie changed (laughs) his number. He's now going to be going with his moto number uh, 88, so looking for a fresh start, I guess. Yeah, Yeah.
1: and he started actually in the World Championships. Willie did well. Um, He basically, he was the leading scorer there, five goals, 13 assists. So, yeah, I think he's... uh, He's moving on from last season after missing all of camp, and uh, yeah. Okay, uh, moving on to the goalies. Um, actually, it's going to be interesting coming up to the to this year's training camp. Um, we have two young goalies coming up, uh, Ian Scott and Joseph Wall. Um, they're both 20 years old, and uh, they... One of them is going to be playing at least for the Marlies this year anyways, um, definitely. And uh, Wall has been playing in the NCAA at Boston College for the past three seasons. And uh, Scott is the reigning CHL goaltender of the year, playing with the Prince Albert Raiders.
2: So the Leafs' development of these young goalies shows that they believe that one of these kids could potentially be a successor to yeah. Anderson. Yeah. And Freddie yeah. is the main guy right now. And that's yeah. going to be a little ways down the road. And of course, yeah. these guys are really young and, and goalies usually don't really come into their own until they're in their mid-20s, mid to late-20s, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, But they are starting to try to groom them. And one of the things that they've done is that, for example, with Scott, he was given the opportunity to be part of the Marlies' uh, 2018 Calder Cup run. Um, watching and learning from Garrett Sparks at the time and Calvin Pickard, so um, yeah. so that he got the opportunity to sort of be be there and soak that championship feel in. Yeah. And Wall had a similar job this year, shadowing um, with the Leafs during their playoff series with the Bruins. So it seems yeah. to me that they're really trying to groom these guys, um, let them see you know what it really takes to you prepare and you know, to learn from, from the people that are there now just to kind of get a feel for what yeah. it's like to, to really, yeah. um, yeah. but you it's know.
1: exciting that we have the two prospects. At least we know that, uh, cause Freddie won't be here forever, obviously. Yeah. Right. Like he is 29, um, but, um, yeah, so it's, it's exciting to know that we at least have a couple of good young goaltender prospects and you never know down the road, maybe one of them will be dealt and we could get somebody,
2: yeah, get like, somebody
1: that we need at the time. It depends. It, it depends. seems
2: like the league is going, you know, it's hard. towards more of those tandem kind of, uh, situations. Yeah. And yeah. so... Goaltending, we know, like that is it's hard it's, to get a goalie. Yes, it's for whoever sure gets hot, because like yeah. even in St. Louis, like Bennington, he wasn't their goalie at the start of the season. Yeah. He's a rookie guy. He stepped in and basically took yeah. over, and yeah. and now he's kind of solidified himself, and he has a, his first Stanley Cup already at a young age. So yeah, which brings us for the backup goalie situation. Like you were
1: mentioning mm-hmm. that a lot of teams are going to the tandem style goaltending, and even though Freddie <laughs> seems to be okay playing however many games he doesn't seem to think there's an issue there um but we did uh give a pto professional tryout uh to michael norworth and uh so we'll see what happens there he's to me he's always been a leaf killer i mean i it's Probably he played with Philly. I know he had a couple of good games against us, but
2: hopefully he'll, and, and Buffalo and, and, and definitely, yeah. Don't yeah know, but they don't have very good luck against that team. Yeah, regardless, but hopefully of he'll it, but. he'll play well for us because I think Freddie does
1: need uh, does need somebody to feel have confidence that he can have the night off and uh, yeah.
2: and not have to be worried about going Even back. Even though in he there. doesn't like to have a night off, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> he can't play every single game. I mean, yeah, come on. Yeah, um, yes. But yeah. So definitely. Um, we look to be solidifying ourselves a little bit more in the net nowadays yeah, yeah. so the next topic we're going to discuss is uh free agency and wow <laughs> that's yeah, all where we're going to say. Even start yeah. like dubas yeah. is really i don't know he's, yeah, he's he and his team are like uh performing some sort of magic
1: yeah he's definitely starting to shape his his team now mm-hmm. um since taking over from lou lamorello and, um, yeah, he began in back in June. Mid-June, he did the trade uh, for sending Patrick Marlowe to Carolina um, get for a conditional first-round draft pick. I personally thought that was a little bit steep, but it had to be done. That was one of the first things that needed to be done with the salary um, cap situation and trying to get Mitch Marner signed eventually, hopefully yeah, soon.
2: We did um, save that full, you know, over $6 million, yeah. um there, and I yeah. think... It cap space is kind of becoming a commodity in the NHL nowadays. So, that first round pick is basically to pay for that that cap yeah. space. Yeah.
1: Then, uh, then he followed up that with the um, uh, signing of Kapanen and and Jansson Andreas Jansson, and uh, they're pretty good deals. Kapanen was three years at three point two million per year, and Janssen was four years at three point four million um average annual value so um it was important to get those wingers signed anyways Kapanen I personally is oh is a little bit farther along in his development and uh, I could just tell after he got signed he was all excited he went on uh Twitter or Instagram and was saying how great he was he felt about being a maple leaf and all that so so uh, that's that's what we like to see and, and Janssen is is getting there um he's that was his first season last year so
2: and he really did club. finish strong so yeah um yeah. definitely I think we're gonna see good things from both these guys going forward yeah especially now that they have like you know their their um contracts are done they yeah. don't have that on their plate anymore so yeah they, can, they don't have to worry about that anymore yeah. then
1: we get into the trade situation here uh the trade with Nikita Zaitsev um of course he mm apparently didn't want to be at Maple Leaf anymore. I'm not sure why, but uh, he chose, and that was actually good for us because we needed to get rid of his salary. That's right. Thank you, Eugene Melnick. He got rid, he took on the salary and, um, yeah. The whole thing. Yeah, but unfortunately, I guess we had to give up connor brown um that part of it is a little bit sad uh but uh we had to give up connor brown with with zaitsev and michael Carcone to the Sens uh for defenseman cody cc ben harper and forward aaron luchuk and a third round pick in 2020 is what we got in return the leafs so um it's uh yeah it's just connor brown he was a good leaf that's the only thing that i was uh a little bit but you couldn't have a guy making over two million playing on the fourth
2: line so yeah with our depth now that we have um in the forward ranks uh he's just not going to get the ice time warranted for a two million dollar deal especially when we're basically filling the coffers with uh people playing at the league minimum as many they like they seem to be signing as many at the league minimum seven hundred thousand um as they can so
1: And, um, yeah, what we got in return was what we need, right defenseman, uh, Cody Ceci. Um, and uh, I was a bit concerned with that too, but he did sign a one-year extension now, so we'll see what he can do. He was basically the whooping, whipping boy in, uh, in, in Ottawa, so we'll see how he how he hopefully does this Hopefully
2: here he's not going to be expected to do yeah. quite as much as they needed him to do there. So yeah. Yeah. especially after Carlson left, it seemed like you know there wasn't too much like considering they they have like a really young superstar there yeah um but then he's sort of the veteran presence that they had so here he's 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 definitely going to be on the expectations yeah he's definitely going to be on the lower pairings uh on on
1: the d so so i think it it may it may help him uh to perform better here Mm -hmm. and um yeah and then there's ben harper who probably won't get a lot of minutes uh he is a large dude at six foot seven uh, <laughs>
2: definitely imposing for yeah, the other team yeah he's our version of of chara but it's not as good
1: <laughs> <laughs> you never know maybe he will turn out i don't know but um yeah so he's definitely like more of a basically when babs needs some grit in the lineup he's probably going to be the guy that he'll be the guy that goes in on, on d um but um yeah. So he definitely will make the other, his presence felt on the other team. So that's a good thing. We don't have enough of that really.
2: No. Um, and speaking of those uh, 700,000 uh, <laughs> league minimum contracts. Yeah. Yeah. We have Jason Spezza. That's the next uh, signing that
1: Dubas did and, uh, and the gang. And um, basically I was kind of surprised at this one, but um, just because he's been around the league quite some time he's 36 years old now and um hard to believe yeah yeah and uh, he played actually in 76 games
2: last year with the stars so but not as much in the playoffs i think he got a lot less ice time and towards the end didn't really play um as much yeah but so that's probably why he's more expendable for their team yeah
1: and and he had the discussion with bobs before coming to the to the Mm -hmm. leafs he basically said that uh told him that he's gonna be more of a like fourth line player probably like at center, um, but at least he can take the draws there. Um, he can he he can feel comfortable with him taking the draw being a, um, a right handed centerman as well. And um, and I think
2: he's also sort of embracing that role of being more of that kind of veteran mentor yeah, to the team. He's definitely. probably not going to be like Marlowe where you know he's inviting everybody yeah. over for Christmas and that stuff, stuff like that. <laughs> But yeah, uh, yeah. but at the same time... And playing um, mini sticks with the kids. Exactly. <laughs> Although you never know. <laughs> you you know. might just step into that. Yeah, we don't know. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he's he does realize that that's definitely going to be part of what he yeah. needs to do. Yeah, and
1: he'll be on the PK as well and a little bit on the power play probably as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, after the Jason Spezza deal, then uh, Dubas was up to his big tricks this time, uh, sending Nazem Kadri uh, to Colorado with uh, Callie Rosen and a third round pick. And in exchange, we got Tyson Berry, Alexander Kerfoot, and a sixth round pick. Um, And brilliant, Kyle Dubas managed to get uh, Joe Sackick to pay half of Berry's salary. So that
2: was pretty good for this upcoming season. More... Yeah. cap space that yeah. is the theme of the summer dealings yes, yeah. it's all he, about the cap space yes. which is for one mitch marner yes, to give no. us flexibility hopefully to sign he him. gets it through his head that we are trying very desperately to
1: get the room to pay him um what he wants
2: hopefully like or what is what is good for both the team and him well i, I obviously like they want to pay him what he's worth yeah, So yeah. they recognize that he's an important player for our yeah. team. Like, yeah. so important. They definitely yeah. want him back. So they're doing everything they can in their yeah. power. And unfortunately, that though, that means
1: that you have to get rid of good players, too. And Naz yeah, exactly. was, was a good player
2: 10 seasons here and uh, longest serving Leaf at the time. Yeah, And he and, really um, grew into the player that he is today in this organization like they like I remember at the very beginning he had a really really rocky start when he was with the Marlies for for that time yeah and he shanny had to put him in his place even as a young (laughs) player on the Leafs roster exactly yeah um yeah but he has really grown into uh for the most part a responsible. He's a second line. Player. He's a second yeah. line center. And I think that's yeah. the other part too is that when we got John Taveras, his minutes dropped yeah. and he definitely he needs to be playing more. So yeah. this is gonna be good for him. Yeah. So I, what I like about this deal is that it's one of those hockey deals that is really, really benefits both teams. Both teams yeah. It's gonna yeah. benefit the players on both teams. Uh, a lot and this is going to be great for him because yeah. he's going to have um, a larger role there yeah. so and it's great for us because we get our number one right
1: hand defenseman yeah
2: which so. I think if you would have asked anybody nobody thought that that it's possible that we could end up with a defenseman like that yeah yeah and
1: I mean right now we have so much depth to a right d like now mm-hmm. now we have We finally got some balance yeah, yeah we got barry tyson barry cody cc then just this past week we got jordan schmaltz who's uh he's actually a a first round pick of the st louis blues uh, that's right and actually
2: in that uh 2012 um draft class we actually now have three of the 10 defensemen drafted in the first round yeah, which so, is pretty incredible
1: so Babs has been so far it's, I mean there's still a little ways to go before training camp starts but Babs has a lot of tools um, to work with and, uh, and he
2: was asking for depth so yeah. you know they delivered so now it's yeah. his his uh, turn to make good on yeah, make everything work yeah. put the pieces of the puzzle together to yes, make it work we cannot have another first round exit yes, that's yeah. just not acceptable
1: no it's not and if that happens definitely I think much like i like babs he'd probably yeah. be the one that he's going into his fourth season now so mm-hmm. um i think he's been given a few opportunities now to to get get us out of the first round of exactly the yeah. and
2: as far as i know as far as the money that he's owed i think his contract was front loaded as well so yeah. he's not getting as much i mean not that that really yeah matters. it doesn't matter it's it's not to a salary to cap <laughs> situation but, <laughs> but if yeah. people are going to complain that we still yeah. owe him a lot of money well you know yeah. most of he's already gotten most of it yeah
1: yeah, and um, yeah, and then I guess the most recent deal too involved Garrett Sparks uh, going to the Vegas Golden Knights nice in exchange for David Clarkson. <laughs> yes,
2: coming back into the fold. Now this sort one, of.
1: Yes, yeah, sort of. But this one, it just gave me a headache. Basically, I didn't want, really want to think about it. All that I I know is that eventually it gives us more room to sign Mitch Marner um, yeah. once we put his money on and it's kind of weird it's it's david clarkson's original contract that he signed with us but it's coming back to us for the final season yeah
2: because when columbus (laughs) took him it was for the full amount yeah we didn't end up paying any of that salary yeah or the Leafs didn't sorry i keep saying we because that's how passionate we are we say we we. (laughs) anyway (laughs) um but Uh, So that contract is coming back for, I think it's pretty much full value. Yes. And, uh, but what it does do is when, when it goes, because he's not expected to play for the season, Definitely. when we add that to our other contract for the long-term injury reserve, which is Nathan Horton, Horton, that actually gives us maximum impact, maximum use of that stipulation for the long-term injury reserve. And we then gain some extra cap space, which again <laughs> gives us more leverage to sign yeah. one mitch, mitch marner. marner yes yeah and so it all comes down every single move yeah. that has been made this summer is yeah. boiling down to us getting that guy to freaking put his signature on the deal yeah. come on mitch let's do this yeah
1: so for the next episode hopefully we'll have that saying yes. that we'll be
2: we'll be popping some having, champagne yeah Yeah, yeah. That's what we have for you for this first episode of Ladies Talking Leafs. So join us on the first Wednesday of every month to stay up to date on everything to do with the Leafs. Till next time. Until next time. Go
1: Leafs, go!
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done.